Letter number four, the call that changed it all. My dear students, every time we open a Tanakh, we encounter a hero or heroine, prophet, judge, or king who stood before an important decision, a calling. Noah was called upon to build an ark. Avram was called upon to build a nation. Moshe was called by Hashem to free a nation. Mordechai called upon Esther to protect a nation. We look at these important heroes from the past as sources of inspiration and guidance for us. Your calling may not be as clear as a voice from Shemayim, from heaven, calling you to a life-changing task. But these stories remind us of the importance of seeing our purpose in some way as a call from Hashem to service. They tell us to reach higher and to see mission-driven work as a contribution to society. We are all Destiny's children. I've always seen my own life path as a mission and calling. It's why I chose the rabbinate. And I remember sitting in my office in Jerusalem at Heichel Shlomo when I literally received a call. Would I be interested in becoming the president of Yeshiva University? My initial reaction was, no. I had made Aliyah, lived in Gush Etzion, and was working in the heart of Jerusalem. My family had already made the challenging transition in our acclimation to life in Israel from the Upper West Side of Manhattan. It was difficult enough to uproot our family the first time. Why would I want to do that again? Then I started to receive calls from the leadership at YU, including my Rebbeim. They shared with me in greater detail the current needs and opportunities at YU. From them, I began to sense that there was a historic moment to inspire a transformation. The needs at YU were not simply matters of financial prudence, but a fundamental reconsideration of our educational framework that could shape the future of Judaism in the diaspora. From my early conversations with mentors, rabbis, professors, and community leaders, it became increasingly clear to me how essential a strong yeshiva university is to the greater Jewish project. I remember one such conversation in which a world-renowned Jewish philosopher told me that the most important community in the Jewish world today is the Yeshiva University community. For at Yeshiva University, the students learn how to effectively embrace and balance the multitude of Torah values, enabling them to serve as living bridges to the different segments of the Jewish people and the world at large. After that conversation, I took this possibility more seriously and spoke with my family about what this would mean for our lives. The most important relationships I have in life are with my wife and children, parents and siblings. I would consider this possibility only if it could work for our family, because a decision like this would no doubt shape the contours of each of our lives. After much deliberation, we reached the point that we were ready to explore this further. I found the search committee and YU's trustees to be genuine and sincere potential partners. They understood the importance of YU and wanted to see it rise to the prominent place of influence necessary to lead the Jewish world during these evolving times. One of the themes that consistently emerged from our conversations was the need to articulate the values of our community more clearly. Our communities across North America and around the globe are clearly connected. We are bound together, and there is a need to spell out the worldview that emanates from our yeshiva and that unites and inspires a large swath of the Jewish community throughout the world. The need to articulate that worldview 
was underscored in my first few months as president. My family had not yet moved to America when my responsibilities began, so I stayed on campus in the Morgan Stern dormitory for three months. I suddenly found myself back in the YU dorms, but this time I stayed in Rabbi Salvechik's former apartment. Of course, just being in Rabbi Salvechik's apartment was deeply intimidating. Every night when I returned from long days and meetings, I spent hours learning. It seemed like an affront to the Rav's memory to go to sleep. Eventually, I found a productive rhythm. During those early months, I spent hours talking to YU students late into the night. One of the questions I consistently asked them was, what does YU stand for? I could readily detect that our students struggled with answering this question. Some said, Torumada. When I asked what that meant, I was often met with mixed explanations, ranging from the philosophical to the sociological. My own experience with the brand of Torumada, dating back to when I was a student, led me to understand intuitively that the term alone does not fully capture the philosophy and experience of Yeshiva University students and faculty. What I found in my initial months was an incredibly mission-driven faculty, wonderful students, excitement and energy about learning, and also a strong desire for clarity about what we really stand for. Our motto was well known. It was on buildings and sweatshirts. Expanding on the motto as a way of life is more complicated. It was then that I realized the real calling was more than taking on a job, even a really demanding one, the real calling is addressing the values proposition of an orthodoxy engaged with the world. We need to bring to modern life a worldview that is saturated with Torah and filled with meaning. It's about trying to create a different educational conversation, one around values that addresses the multifaceted life of traditional Jews in dialogue with our surroundings that uses our teachings to elevate those around us. In order to begin this conversation with you in earnest, I want to introduce you to the giants who shaped Yeshiva University and made this conversation possible. Vivracha Ari Berman. 